everyone. Good afternoon. And good afternoon to you as well. <laughs> good afternoon, Ben. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Um, damn it. Hang on. <laughs> we had it. Uh, entertain yourselves for one minute. Okay. Well, here I am. I'm Luke Beeman here. Back to basics. I don't know if we're recording or not. I'm recording. All right. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are great you doing, Luke? Great afternoon to you, buddy. It's just been a great day so far. Is it raining by you again? Uh, it was a little bit this morning. I still went for a walk with no rain jacket because sometimes you just got to get out there. And... Wow. What about your, you went out there with unprotected skin? What did you do when you started to get moist and stuff? Got wet, bro. Yeah, all right. No doubt. It's raining here. I feel like it rains every time we record. Yeah, last time was pretty epic. Um, yeah, it was. It was, and it was crazy up there too, and I think where Brownie was. We were one thunder strike away from losing the Brownie episode. It was uh, by the edge of our whatever. If if people only knew how intense and dramatic, you know, there's like the submarine movie, the perfect storm. You think about like how intense that was. In the future, it's going to be like the the documentary behind Back to the Basics, us <laughs> frantically trying to record on Zoom, <laughs> like Did you hear raining that? outside. <laughs> Back to the Basics. Back to the basics. That's our behind the story of back to back to basics. That's just so good. I'm I'm yeah. very down. Well, yeah, we handled it um, like true true professional bass players, where everything's going to shit around us, and we're just like, we got this. It's cool. Just keeping it steady, plugging along. Got the vibe. Yeah. So um, yeah, last week was really cool. It was nice to have Mark as our first guest, and then um, yeah. uh, I did his. Um, he hosted a bunch of uh, the artists that are doing the lessons on mm. Tuesday on a group call just to talk about stuff and cool. he was in the same place recording from the same area and talking about some of the same things he brought up Phrygian again which he, he just loves that we're gonna have to man loves him. Phrygian we're gonna have to get him a, like a mini fridge for his bus and call it the Phrygian a mini Phrygian <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah this week we got Tuck so how, when did you first uh, come across that guy and like yeah well yeah um so I came across Tuck whoo <laughs> I met Tucker <laughs> I met Tucker when um, the special played a run of shows with Cycles out in Colorado. Um, and this must have been like two or three years, two years ago, probably at this point. And it was awesome. Like we played like Cody's Half Note together. We did Cervantes, um, Other Side, which was sold out, which was like their headlining. I'm not sure if it was an EP release show, but it was their like hometown show. Um, sold out. It was really fun. We collaborated on some Primus. We did like a double bass, Shake Hands with Beef. Rory was singing. Um, and then after that, we brought them over to the East Coast, and they supported us for a run of shows. And uh, we played in Boston, Brighton Music Hall, a uh, 420 Spectacular, um, which was really fun. Me and Beeman's fake British band, The Flat, opened up the show. Oh, yeah, that's not a fake band at all. That's just uh, ahead you're of right. time by, uh, by a long shot. So you're like you have, you're uh, right. It might be the, the most real thing I've ever been a part of, to be honest. I, I think that that is, besides this, uh, this here podcast with our yes. friend, uh, Tucker McClung, who is getting his audio unmuted on the bottom left of his screen, an arrow next to the microphone. We want to hear this oh. boy. There you no. go. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, dude. Oh. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. What's up, Tuck? My man. Oh, shit. Yeah. He's got a good hat for today's. We asked Tucker to wear a hat, and he's brought his A-game. Oh, dude, I brought a few. Yes. I got my freshie on. Oh, okay. Wow, I only brought one, but I just got out of the shower, so I can give you guys some fucked up hair if you want. I don't care. All right, this one's a blockbuster here. 
You know, oh, that's good, Luca. That's nice. Thank you. Yeah, I'll just keep it. If I just don't move, I think I could rock this. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I think you do what you do. Hey, let's uh, let's go to gallery view in the top right, Tucker. And uh, oh, um, what's your name, Luke? Yeah, I'm Luke Beeman. Yeah. Yeah. So we can all see uh, each other's beautiful visage. Oh, yeah. Let's that's get the cool. Game really flaunted here. Yeah. This is the first time I've used this. It's pretty neat. That's oh, yeah. Is welcome, this your first pandemic welcome. quarantine? Because, like, this has been all over the place. Yeah, this is my first pandemic quarantine. Right. And my first time using Zoom, but it's so great to see you guys. Yeah. Great to see you too, bud. Yeah. I Are you guys stuff. in gallery view? Are you guys cool? You can see everyone? Oh, yeah. All right, my boys. Tuck, thanks for being on, bud. You're our second official guest. Thanks for having me, man. Yes. Yeah. You've been a busy boy um, with the streams and everything. Um, are you? I was watching some of your guys' stream last night. Are you doing that as like a weekly thing or kind of more sporadic whenever you have time? Or what's the deal with that? Uh, I think we're going to do one like in a week or two. Yeah. We're trying to just kind of get together at least once a week. You yeah. Know, something once a week. But we'll probably put out a, try and put out a stream like every two weeks. Cool. Yeah, yeah. it was it was awesome last night. I was really enjoying it, man. Um, so is this your guys' new drummer now that's playing with you? It is, yeah. Luke Stone. He's He's been great in game. Denver for a while, but uh, yeah, he's awesome. He sounds great. He compliments your guys' style. I was loving just like some of the improv grooves or it was like you laying down that thick tuck slap bass part and he's going ham on the drums. And you got Pat now rocking like the uh, analog sampler with some vocal samples and stuff like that. That's kind of a yeah. Thing, he's been he's been doing pretty heavy MPC work. Like, yeah. well, just even uh even right before the show, we'll just kind of think of a funny movie quote and put it on. Cool. Just, he'll just go nuts with it. Yeah, it's funny it. because Greg always writes a movie quote on Gator's set list every time. Really? Oh. We should if we play a show together, we should see what you quotes you use and use that for the set list. Yes. Wow. Wait, Ben, can you give us an example of some quotes? That, no, uh, I, know, I know literally zero movie quotes aside from, uh, why don't we build her a cake or something? <laughs> <laughs> what is that even from? Didn't you bake um, a Pedro Napoleon dynamite? dynamite? When Pedro is saying, well, if you're trying to woo this woman, you just build her a cake or something. Oh, uh, true. Yeah. The, the wisdom <laughs> of Pedro. I shouldn't have forgotten that. I'm First sorry. First time we saw that movie in theaters is with my dad and brothers and my dad literally i guess it was building up to that moment and he whoa hey bud you just built oh. her a cake or something that was cool <laughs> oh oh tuck um yeah sorry guys yeah tuck this is a family show my friend so um oh <laughs> you well, have to keep that away yeah Wait, sorry I, I brought these just in case oh yo that's fantastic what's your uh, what's your favorite dinosaur tuck uh I, you know is this the Stegosaurus? Like, yeah, it looks like a steg. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Probably be the Stegosaurus. Bring that back out real quick. The Stegosaurus was a fierce warrior, one that could really stand up to the T-Rex. You guys know is, that, right? Is this really a oh nice a family-friendly show? Yep. Should I not? Well, I, I, it's fine. Express yourself however you want. I have one of these, guys. This how else do you make families other than uh, tiny plastic dicks? That's how I was taught. Oh. Tuck, switching it up early, man. Wow. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, you know, just kind of doing what you got to do. There he is. All right. Now we got a pod on our hands, boys. <laughs> this is an episode. It's a, it's a podcast now. It's a podcast, boys. 
Uh, so we're going to book you for next 420. We'll do a, a, a real live stream, just like get stoned on marijuana thing. Mm. Yeah. Tucker, do you have any plans next 420? Uh, I can't really think that far ahead. Hang, hang, on, <laughs> hang on, Luke. Yeah. yeah I'm getting the, <laughs> the mothership. I'm downloading the code. Oh, yeah. geez, he's getting it in. Ooh, um, very nice. More prepared. So, yeah, no plans for 420. I guess I, it was kind of just like any other day for me. Yeah. This last one, so. Yeah, that's fair. You remember 422 years ago is when we played in Boston together, Cycles on the Special. Yeah, dude, that's cool. Right? I just started listening to your music, and it was like, I was kind of a fan at that point, and then I mm. got to meet you, and it was just like, oh, they're regular dudes. <laughs> well, <laughs> you get to know them a little better, and you're like, wait, no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> regular goes out the window quick. Or uh, I met regular as in, they're like me. Yeah. <laughs> Strange boys. <laughs> yeah, Tucker, you have one of the most uh, accurate depictions of a human as your profile picture on Facebook that I've ever seen. It's not <laughs> visually exactly right, but I, that's how I think I've always seen you. Oh, well, thanks, man. I, I can't remember. I, I try to change it every now and then. I don't know which one you're don't talking change about. Thing. Uh, don't, don't keep the, keep this one for a while, Tuck. This one is you. For sure. Every three minutes, that would be, uh, be ideal. Sweet. Yeah, I'll set a timer. But um, hey, so um, I want to get to some important stuff about the stream. I noticed that Pat Harvey had the same pair of headphones as me, Audio Technica. Oh, well, yeah, that was uh, Logan's house. Uh, good guy, Logan, does the camera jams. Ah. And he, uh, those are his headphones. Well, you can tell he's a good audio man. Shout out Logan and uh, shout out Audio Technica. And we, yes, we are looking for endorsements for the podcast. And I'll wear these every Product placement. Product placement. If they won't come in, we got KRK. I got the Okay, we got KRK Audio Technica, so I mean, we can just go to the top if you're not willing to get on board now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, are you guys playing new music with these streams? Or is it like kind of an improv? I saw you had some um, colored sticky notes on a desk there. I didn't know if that was a set list or movie quotes or just ideas or, or hats or what. Yeah, well, we've kind of, right before uh, the whole quarantine thing we were just trying to teach luke a bunch of songs and it we played like four shows with him and we had i think we taught him 20 songs so uh we've just been trying to play something different every stream but those are i, th I think they're mostly old cycle songs and, okay. and, and a few i think we played two that were luke's original songs oh cool so he brought some new music to the band he did, and that was a, that was really cool because we were we had already taught another done the whole new drummer thing, you know, that, that's never fun. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he had some new material, and we just learned it immediately, and he was really stoked about that too. So, and it was a is like really fresh way to get a new drummer, have him bring some new material, because yeah. otherwise it was just like another drummer. Right. So you just <laughs> when I last talked to you, you had just final tap. A new yeah. drummer. This is this is your a newer new drummer. Yeah, this is the second new drummer. You know, they they tend to spontaneously combust. <laughs> when uh, are when do you <laughs> have your next drummer lined up for? <laughs> well, well, we're gonna see how long this guy lasts. I think he's the one though. <laughs> I, okay, good. Yeah, I think he's the guy. He's did just. You, did you audition people before, uh, or like, was he on your short list from the after the last guy? 
joined someone or? else recommended him to us and we kind of needed a drummer to fill some gigs and didn't want to cancel so there it wasn't even an audition we were just like someone recommended him and we listened to some of his stuff and we're like oh he's good can i be the yeah. first to say uh luke stone rock solid oh thank oh. you man. yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, luke, you, you've never had to deal with a band member replacement in the special obviously you're uh you and chris's yeah. band has gone through a few changes usually during the shows um but the special has been uh oh are you, are you talking about the flat yeah yeah oh yeah yeah the flat has a tendency to break up and disband every show unfortunately <laughs> it's, it's part of the learning process for us i mean we've had um we've all we've had various members quit uh during the process and then all members quit um, our last show, which was our second in the States, was um, around Christmas time at PST Shutout in New Haven. And um, yeah, we, we didn't, ha our bassist couldn't make, Tuppence couldn't make uh, his flight from England. So we had to hire this keyboardist, Chris Sellis. Um, I gave him this MBJ guitar shout out, a prototype I was using. He was terrible. He blew the gig um, with a lot of bad notes and... Um, yeah, so we fired him on stage, and then we all broke up afterwards and brought him back. So it was tumultuous. But no, in terms of Les Special, yeah, I mean, I've been playing with Rory since we were 12. We're hetero life partners. Um, we've been together 15 years. And with the trio, it's, you know, it, it's like, like you like, you know, you guys, the, it's so hard to say. You don't want to say the drummer's the expendable one, but it's like, it's really hard. It's like, it, 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 with a trio, one member, it's like, that's a third of the band. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, that's a whole new voice. So, I mean, maybe there's something to like at least going through a few different drummers in a short period of time, um, as opposed to like getting attached and vibing with a drummer. And then like the next year you have to go through that whole process again in that growth period, you know? It was interesting for us because we had, uh, you know, Dan was one of our primary songwriters too. Um, and then when he, he came to us one practice and was like, it, I think one of us was just coming back from the beach. Maybe he was coming back late. And he showed up and he's like, yeah, so uh, just going to let you guys know, like, everything will be fine. You guys will be great. You know, I'll be around through the end of the year, but I'm going to leave the band and, uh, you know, everything will be great. I was like, is this how bands break up? Like, it's a very adult and just like, right. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, shit, we're going to have to look around for someone. And if it doesn't work out, I'm, you know, what do I go back to school or something or figure out like a future life? That didn't seem like a good option. And right. we tried a couple people out and the first two they were great drummers and you know it was enjoyable playing with them but it just didn't it was like this isn't this isn't it and then we played for i think the first three minutes we were playing with gator in greg's parents old house in long island in the basement we me and greg and jeremy didn't even have to look at each other we just kind of knew we were playing we're like yeah this is this is right so we were extremely lucky to only have replaced one drummer with who was amazing an incredible musician with someone who is a but like honestly a better drummer and uh you know is really 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 good dude and has i've learned a lot from him as a person and as a musician which i also learned from dan as well so it was a uh, we were very fortunate for that so I'm, I'm happy to hear that you found someone who could be uh could be in it yeah i i can really relate to that it's kind of similar with with our first drummer mr michael wood he uh, yeah good dude really good dude yeah dude we love you, buddy. anyway um he wrote a lot of the material, so kind of having him leave was the same way. And uh, when we had to, our second drummer, Colin, when he left, everyone was not civil or casual about it. It was very bad spirits. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, you know, like, why? But right. 
looking back on it now, I think he made the right decision and, and uh, shout out to Colin actually. Yeah. He's playing with Neil Francis these days and uh, yeah, they're doing big stuff. Cool. It's great to hear, man. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's nice when everyone can just kind of be like, well, even when it's tumultuous in the time, look back and be like, well, everyone got something out of this experience and then on to something that's a better fit. If you can um, maintain a, a friendship and a, um, yeah, it's like a, a, you know, I don't talk to Dan that much, but we're still really good friends with him and we have that relationship and it, it makes the time you've had that much more, even though it's only a short time with, uh, with Colin, with you. Um, but, uh, it, 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 yeah, it makes it more of like a learning experience, not like a, why you know what was me type situation it's like okay this is right. where it was and yeah i think it's important i'm you know was into when i first saw fish i was like okay that's that's how you do it you have four members that are together forever and they keep going and then dan left i was like well this isn't the same thing now and it's of course it's not it's something different but you know we've been able to maintain and you know uh work forward in, in a different direction and do it our own way and i think it's important for other people who might be seeing this to understand that you know it's it's never about, you know, where you're at is never the final product. You're always kind of shaping it and moving it forward. And if it's the same people, great. And you have this kind of family aspect, but if it switches around, you know, it's, it's still a family. It's just a uh, family yeah. influx, I guess, at the time. Yeah. And the music is so powerful. It, even if a family member leaves or God forbid dies, you know, like you can still kind of carry on that yeah uh, vibe yeah it's know. sort of the idea that the music is the the, the the humans are serving the music not the other way around like we we come together and create and i didn't actually know that uh michael wrote songs um for you guys was this before you were like singing more or did you start singing the i no i always sang his songs he just wrote lyrics and and wrote the music he, he's really good on piano i think it's that's probably his main instrument i would say and, oh wow i didn't know that yeah, and he started playing drums kind of later on. Uh, but yeah, I would sing his lyrics. Oh, that's it. That's and, like kind of the, so you guys did it Rush style with Neil Peart writing lyrics and Getty Lee would sing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we still sing his songs or as a band, and he's oh, cool. really cool with it. He loves it. What Do you guys think now? it's easier or harder? Is it harder to break up with a drummer than a girlfriend? Where do they compare? You know. I hate it. It's super cheesy, but maybe it, they're similar. Maybe it's a similar situation. Uh, I think so. It's, yeah. I've always um, thought of a band as a multi-person relationship, except it's all guys and the sex is music. That's perfect. So yeah, it's pretty, it's if, it, if the music or the sex is good, it can last a lot longer than it might otherwise. And if it's a good <laughs> group, but the music's not great, it might get, you know, just stall out as well. So you kind of have to find you know, with the, with the, the general construct of relationships of a, one guy and one girl, uh, you know, there's different aspects and different approaches. And obviously there's a lot of, uh, variety, you know, variability within that, but within a band you have, you know, people who are choosing, you know, chosen or music has chosen them and they're going down that path. And it's a lot more, um, I guess each person probably has a vision of what they think it should be. And so you're also conflicting with that. Like, how do we want to see this going forward? And then you have a business aspect too. So I think it's a lot more complicated than, uh, than just a regular relationship, but it also is, um, yeah, it's, it's just, a, it's a much different experience, but there's a lot of parallels. Maybe there's something more that can be salvaged with a musical relationship because there's like all these things that, 
there's something that can continue to go on. You know what I mean? And there's something that, that everybody, even if you're no longer a part of it, you contributed to it. Right. Maybe it has a different, you can still accomplish things and do things that are beautiful together with like a significant other, but it's less of like a tangible, like experience that you've created that now you can kind of like pass off to somebody else, I guess. Yeah. I, I remember when I first went on tour with the magic beans, that, that was kind of, just the way they work together and how they treat each other was kind of eye-opening. Like you could tell they were just had been doing it for a long time and they, you know, just were all kind of on the same path that, you know, didn't really bicker at each other. Like, and uh, it, it got really bad. One, like we were driving through Montana, I think, or, or uh, one <laughs> shout out to Montana. <laughs> but uh <laughs> or maybe it was Wyoming. I can't remember one of those up there, but anyway, the, their trailer flipped in the snow and we like went over like a median kind of in the snow and had to unload all the gear and the cops showed up and, and even still they were just like, Nope, we got it. We're doing this. We're going to, we're getting out and I'm leaving. I'm going to rent another trailer. So they like went like an hour to the next town, rented a new trailer and came back and we like, with the people in the snow and I unloaded all the gear back in the trailer and just like continued on. <laughs> were, you, were you in the van with them or you were riding separately? Yeah, we were all, it was me and Patty and Colin just in their van with that's them. <laughs> wow. That's intense, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, and those guys have been on the road for a minute. Like, and it's just kind of, you, you realize that it's like, it's like any fan familiar relationship or like a brotherhood where it's like, you get irritated, you get irritated with anybody in close quarters. And yeah, then right. move on. It's just, you know, you can argue and fight or whatever, but then eventually you just kind of be like, all right, well now we actually have shit to do. Like we can all sit here and sulk or we can just kind of like move on. <laughs> also the the uh, Colorado bed aspect, they're traveling a lot more, especially once they got bigger on the East coast. That's, you know, a full 24 hour drive to get just to start touring. Whereas when we're on the East coast, right. we can, you know, we have eight to 10 large markets within three to four hours of Baltimore. And same for you, Luke, you have a lot, a lot more. I remember when we first started touring with, uh, we did the co-headline tour with Dopapod and that's where we first learned about leaf springs versus, uh, um, I don't even remember what they're called now. Torsion axles. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like they, they were like, oh yeah, you're still using leaf springs? Like that's, you know, we overload the hell out of these things. We're like, I didn't, there's a weight limit? Like we're going over the weight, you know, all sorts of things we didn't think about. And we've had some situations too where like this this close to like all of our gear falling out of the trailer off of like a cliff basically. And luckily we like pulled over before that happened and stopped. We're like, this is pretty close to being catastrophic. But I guess the the vibe and like just being like team players and kind of facing these challenges together you know i guess that's another way it's kind of similar to relationships as you face challenges together and it, if you can overcome them you know that's it, it strengthens you and makes the bond stronger for sure yeah i think and that's also just kind of goes into the whole situation musicians find themselves now in quarantine right where it's like you know you hope that you're just going to get through this and get back to th the way things were and keep plugging but with a maybe new appreciation for it or develop some new skills or realize hey we can still work and be productive and and accomplish things not being in the same like physical space together um and just kind of you know come out of it with some new skills it's all anybody can really work towards right now which is the main thing with musicians have you been in in contact or like physical physically with your band or like gotten together with them at all 
I haven't. No, we, we've been texting and emailing with like our management team and our agents and everything. But um, no, we haven't seen each other um, since we got back. We were in Colorado right when quarantine started. So we like changed our flight a few days earlier when some we got lost some gigs and flew back. But um, we haven't yet. We all were in um, like kind of self-quarantine. Uh, we've been talking about maybe doing like a live stream together soon since we all have been isolated and not around anybody really. Um, but we're just kind of taking it slowly and being cautious and trying to, you know, do whatever makes sense and not rush into anything. But we're, we're looking to do a special live stream within the next couple of weeks for sure. And Tucker, have you guys been like self-isolating before you see each other or how does that like work? Yeah, I I was, I'm just north north of Denver like past Fort Collins with at my girlfriend's house and we were hanging out. So I've been hanging out with her at, at her place for since the whole thing went down. And then the few times that we go do the stream is the only time I've seen him. And I, I've, I've hugged him, but the guy Logan um, actually like, will do like the elbow bump and he's very sterile and uh, tries to be safe about it. But other than just meeting up with the band, like, every other week or so i've just been hanging out with my girlfriend <laughs> yeah the, the elbow bumps was weird we uh we came we did the west coast like right as this was all going down i remember the first week i biked um from our venue in solana beach to a home depot to pick up like new locks for the trailer because the driver going across country like had to open the trailer to fix some wiring and he cut off our locks and got like these shitty little locks i went to get nicer ones and this was I mean, February 5th or 6th or something, which turns out that was the first, I think that the first person who died was in San Francisco on February 6th, where we were like the next week. Mm -hmm. um, but they were already sold out of face masks. I remember being like, this isn't like that serious yet, is it? And now, you know, our uh, merch guy after uh, Seattle, we were there a couple weeks later, he started getting real sick. And so we started doing the elbow bumps uh, about a week before everything kind of went, went down. I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird, but it made sense on the road. And like, you know, amongst, amongst uh, like a band and everything. But now I see like, you know, regular and by regular, I mean older people doing it too. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just like a very strange thing that's going on. Yeah, it's the longer it goes on, the more self-conscious I am about not wearing a face mask. I, I didn't, I didn't wear a face mask when it first happened and I saw some people that had them but now it's like everyone does and i'm the only one that doesn't that's probably not a good thing <laughs> it made me self-conscious to wear it i i tried to be especially early on um i was i just didn't know how bad it was going to be and the uncertainty was definitely caused anxiety and uh um so i was wearing it to doing certain things and i feel like you know people would look at me weird because they're not wearing it and i felt like you know not not right about it and now everyone else is wearing it too and it's I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah, that's a ah, God. First thought that came to my head is like, what a trendsetter. But yeah, it's not. That's not not funny. It... <laughs> it's one of those things. I listen to a lot of the uh, Joe Rogan podcast, and um, you know the way that he talks with his other other comedian friends. It's you know, if you can't laugh, you know you're gonna cry type situation. So I think there's a keeping a levity about it and like, you know, there's a seriousness to it as well. But um, I don't know, that's something that I, I think is great about humans is that we ha we can run the gambit of like in any situation, you could have someone who's like abject misery and someone else is just like, ah, eh, you know, whatever, even in like, 
that's I think that's why they say, you know, it's not about what you have that makes you happy or not. It's like how you react to and approach things. And I think keeping that that lightness is a is a great benefit that I don't think should be overlooked. But it also it is yeah. it, it can be weird for that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an unprecedented thing, man. So, but I, you know, for me, it's like having like a weird sense of humor has always helped get you through things. And you know, we talk about it a lot in the van, just kind of playing in a band together since we were kids we've been through a lot of weird shit <laughs> like you know you having a sense of humor about it is kind of how you can look is get through it but yeah i mean you know you have to also keep it in context and you know th this is like there's some really horrible repercussions of all this and it's like you can't not only really anyone's taking that lightly anymore i mean obviously they're like the people that are you know in georgia protesting to go to the hair salon or whatever maybe are on a different page than where people are in like the northeast or in colorado or baltimore or wherever we're at but like it's a balance, man. You got to take it seriously and, and do everything you can to like contribute positively. But it's, I mean, if you don't, if you can't laugh, if you can't joke around, you know, I've still been saying hi to dogs when I go out. I like saying hi to dogs. Uh, <laughs> you, you never see a person happier in their life. And when you come, ask an excellent dog. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like they, like they <laughs> dog over their hat and they're going to be like ecstatic. So like, you know, I, I went out, like I've been getting like, you know, my, my brother and I have been quarantined here. And so we've been doing like food shopping for um, our parents and stuff. And it's like, you know, we were out yesterday and I was, I went, we went to Walgreens pharmacy um, and just like tipped my hat to a dog, it's an excellent dog. And the guy just looked at me. Walked up, so I don't know. Uh, maybe he wasn't in the mood to be have his dog be calm. You don't know that dog. That dog might've been put him through some shit. That dog's probably seen some shit. I know. Yeah. But I'm never going to stop complimenting people's dogs. No matter or not. Luke, you know what I love about you? And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you go around bumming cigarettes and you don't smoke cigarettes. That is, that is accurate, my man. That is amazing. <laughs> cigarettes, do you like share them with people who need them later? Um, I'll do different things. Like if they actually give them to me, um, like I'll sometimes give them back. Um, I'll give them to somebody else like Johnny smokes sometimes so like if we have somebody in the crew with us that smokes I'll give them to them but it's become like a thing and it's a, people just give me them now um, like I've walked on stage and have seen cigarettes on my synth on my microcord just like I'm like how did somebody even get that on here like did somebody throw that with like good aim or did they come on did somebody that works here come on stage um, I was thinking we should probably get people to start throwing cigarettes at you yeah it's kind of happened yeah like i'll have people like, the crowd that are like yo yo you smoke you need to smoke dude and i'm like yeah <laughs> <I don't smoke. laughs> sure. it's pretty fun pretty endearing and just cute as hell oh thanks tuck well yeah. i want to get back to basics for a sec all right and talk about um a bit about you guys you guys new ep the summer dress ep that's like it's just put out in march um, dude, it's awesome. I've been listening to it all week and really enjoying it. I checked it when it first came out, but then I wanted to give it a few different, uh, spin it through, you know, spin it through on Spotify um, yeah. before we got together. And I really like it. I, I love like the, um, I love the, the title track of it. I love that. It's like two songs that it's got that really mellow dreamy kind of first half. And then you guys like get into that cool. There's that like kind of blues riff that you're singing and a cool slap groove and stuff um is that like is that where the ep started with that track what was like your writing process because that was with colin on drums right it was yeah i guess um i wrote 
two new songs this for specifically for that album, Robot's Breath and Summer Dress. Cool. Um, and the other ones were just kind of uh, ones that we hadn't put on an album before. Okay. But uh, yeah, um, it wasn't, I guess we didn't really call the album Summer Dress until we had decided what songs to put on it. And then we just decided to call it Summer Dress. Um, it's a name. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't checked it out though, but I'm, I'm, uh, I really enjoyed you guys uh, when we first um, started playing together. Uh, your energy, both off stage and on, is a uh, yeah. It's um, it's like similar to certain things I've heard, but fresh in its own way, and uh, it's just authentic. That's what I really like about you guys. It's just I feel connected to to your experience, which I've always really vibed with with music. Uh, and you're a hell of a bass player too. Thanks, man. So are you. I've always vibed with you too. Uh, when we first opened up for you guys, it was like, oh my God, we're opening up for pigeons. And you were kind of the first person that brought it down to earth for me in a in the green room, or I can't really remember you, where you, we Yeah, were. I was going to ask, do you remember where it was? Because I did. Where? Beachland uh, Ballroom in Cleveland. Oh. It was down in that big, like, cafeteria-style green room. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Just like, we kind of connected. You were going through, like, a, just like a time of life that we all go through certain times even if it was just that day or that moment and we connected and i really appreciate that because i don't get that authentic connection on the road a lot you know either with other bands or with my own bandmates you know there's we're working we're doing stuff and when when it's just when it was just the four of us it was definitely a different vibe and now we have a whole crew and you know we don't set up our own stuff as much anymore i think then we still were um but it, it just sort of changes the nature of things it becomes a more solitary affair as a uh, you go forward so it's you know, good to connect with uh, with other people. Um, you know, Luke touring with you guys was awesome too. I feel like we really connected and definitely. Um, yeah. It's been great. You know, early on, especially being on the East Coast, we wouldn't do longer tours with bands, and now as we're going out west more, and now that we can headline, we can bring bands along for longer runs, and I really like that experience. It's it's a much different um, different approach rather than just like kind of coming in and no one knows who you are and just like trying to prove yourself every night and then right. <laughs> like touring with a family. Yeah. So, and, and that's something that's really cool about pigeons too, is that you guys like handpick the bands that, that play with you and they're not bands that sound like you guys are different. I mean, I remember like we've done a few more run of shows together at this point and then the longer run this year. And I remember just like hanging with Greg this summer, just being like, so why do you want like the special on this tour with you? <laughs> like, what's that about? <laughs> and, and he's just like, we just dig you guys, man. We like the music. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Like I, nobody wants to see people with these bills. It's like, you want to see a show, man. And nobody wants to see two bands that just kind of sound the same. Like I think that, you know, the headlining band, it, that's the show. But if you can come up with an act that, compliments the band or is different or maybe turns people on to a new style like that's the coolest thing when you go to a show and you see one of your favorite bands and you're introduced to something else that's different than what your favorite band is and you come out of that like fulfilled for seeing some music that you love and for opening your ears to something new like that's one of the most positive experiences you can get out of a concert I think. All, all that is true uh, and also we had already used our vetoes so unfortunately we we're stuck with you yeah, I know. I heard that you were not into it, but um, yeah, I had final say. So I, so I, I that, shout out Greg. Thank you for bringing this on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we um, we used to do gig trades to develop. We would do a residency in um, Baltimore every Wednesday at the eight by ten. We by the end we were selling it out every single Wednesday, three hundred people plus, 
and we'd bring bands in and like here play with us on a wednesday and bring you know steal our fans and then we'll come down and play you know a big show with you guys and steal your fans and it's a different experience it's not exclusive where you know i only like this type of band so i'm gonna like this one's like if you like live music there's different expressions and you know it's there's kind of a built-in abundance to the whole experience which i think is is pretty cool yeah i love and that's it it was kind of similar for cycles and the special too when we first linked up we were doing like some co-headlining shows and then we were supporting you guys in colorado and we opened for you guys big like sold out show at denver uh the other side to cervantes other side and then um we worked out so we brought you guys over the east coast and then and i remember um hanging out with the beans after snowstock where where we both played and hatchy was like he's like he's like you guys taking cycles like to go play in boston new york he's like they hooked you guys up like you gonna take them and I'm like, yeah, man. And I was like, I'm not. And like, fuck just doing the gigs. So I was like, we fucking love their band. Like, we want our fans to hear them. You know what I mean? Like, that's what, it's not just business when it's like the people get along and they dig each other's music, you know? Oh, man. I I dug your music immediately. The first song I heard of Less Special was Crusher, I think, on YouTube. Oh, my God. Wow. Old t- 2011. Yeah. And I was floored, man. I was like, this yeah. is the coolest shit ever. Like, I, I can't believe we're going to gonna play with these guys uh, <laughs> so, i'm sorry we didn't play crusher at any of those shows oh that's okay i still play it <laughs> on youtube by myself <laughs> that's amazing so yo tuck i know that um that mr harvey pat put out a solo um album. Is, is it released yet or is it is it coming out soon i think it's on spotify he's yeah. he's actually got four or five it's pretty mind-blowing he's been just in his room making music since or you know for weeks uh, since the whole thing happened but but uh it takes a while to actually not 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 a hundred percent sure of the stipulations but spotify i think they charge you and then you have to it's like a two-week waiting period before it actually goes on but yeah he's he just put out one called dreams and i think he's got three more just as soon as spotify will let him (laughs) Uh, cool yeah and you guys played some of it last night when i was watching the stream just in between your sets and it was really dope and uh i know that pat's a dilla boy and it had some dilla vibes and uh really like swag chill hip-hop um is that something that you would ever consider like doing a solo album or a solo bass stream or are you more concerned just with writing for, with cycles in the in the trio context i guess cycles is definitely my main focus it, but and when i make my own music it's kind of more of a joke i got uh, hear I, all of it yeah, I've I've got some stuff. I don't know quite know how to tag it or whatever. Like but Andrew WK meets Ween. Yeah. Oh, just... you've heard it, Ben? <laughs> I heard the one you put out the other day. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah. wait, wait, Tuck. I, where can I and the people listening hear the solo Tuck? Well, I've got a YouTube channel, okay. Tucker McClung. Um, I I try to post stuff on my Facebook. I. But you've inspired me. I think I, I think now I will put out a solo album of just yeah. all my music. There you go. Back to basics, baby. <laughs> Shout out to Back to Basics. Yep. <laughs> you, you can call the album that, Tuck, if you want. And you don't even have to credit us. It'll just tie into our marketing f- bundle. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay, yeah, I'll just... What, that's a great marketing technique. I believe when you click the Zoom link, uh, you authorized that. So you're, it's already named Back to Basics. Back to Basics. Yep. We've already started the Spotify application process, so you'll be hearing from them shortly. We work very quickly on this podcast, Doug. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, 
it's it's come together in about two was it two years we had the idea so it's we're 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 moving through it three episodes two years now now we're prolific in our in our in our content output it just took us a while to now that we've laid the foundation we're trucking along i don't know about pro but lithic for sure (laughs) it's been a lithic experience uh what hat do we have here tuck this one says even in the end high altitude spirits wow Fantastic. Oh, I, I'm wearing my Kush Concentrate. It's a shirt. I got a Denver dispensary in your honor, Tuck. Oh, dude, love weed. <laughs> love weed. <laughs> dude, me, you and me both, brother. <laughs> Have you, uh, I actually went through a period uh, last year where I stopped smoking. Uh, well, I had been smoking a lot for, I don't know, like five decades of my life. I've only been alive for three. And then I kind of, I took a break and I've gotten back into it in a, in a very comfortable way. Uh, do you, have you taken any breaks recently or are you just kind of, he's sticking with what works? But I'm very thankful it's always there. And like, you know. Yeah, I think, yeah. I'm kind of the same way with Rory, man. Like, Rory Champion. Just kind of like if you're, you know, you're like just shit falling down the whole time, constantly trying to like um, solve problems or also get to be in a creative space and stuff like that. And there's just stress that I think it really helps with on the road where like, okay, you're going to go sit in this dingy basement room for three hours. Like, do you want weed or not? And it's like, yeah, I'm going to want weed in that basement. Yeah, I like it for mental fatigue, especially if I've been driving for a long time. It just feels good. And and I, I, I love it because I... I've had, I've struggled with addiction, unfortunately, like in my past, but something about weed doesn't really like steal my soul or, you know, cut, feel like a demon that's on my back. It's, it's just like a friend that's there yeah. when I need it. It's the, uh, it's the angel on the shoulder, not the devil. Right. Yeah. I uh, read a book in college um, by Carlos Castaneda about the teachings of Don Juan. I don't know if any of y'all have heard about Don Juan. I know Don Juan. An a separate friend. reality or something like that. Yeah, a separate reality yeah. or something like that is the Nagual and spirit. And I really identified with that and um, kind of like embodied some of that, those aspects um, for a little while. But one thing that really stuck out to me was how he calls uh, substances and drugs allies to humans. Like they're not um, inert substances. They kind of have their own intention and like desires and and needs and wants and i found that weed is a great ally as long as you're treating it with respect and you know properly um there's others that are not so good um but if you can still kind of hang out with them in the right environments maybe that's okay but yeah it's uh interesting to frame it that way um 
I think there's also something just about weed that's like there that, that ritual between like friends, right? Where there is that like ritualistic element where like for the special when we were in high school and we'd get together after school and we'd go over to John's place and go in the basement, it was like, you know, you smoked a bowl and then we plugged in and started playing. And like, you know, when you're younger and just kind of smoking weed and playing music and improvising together is like magic. And, um, and not just necessarily say it's because of the weed, but it's just kind of all, you know, merges in that experience. And so there's almost something about that, like pre-show ritual now, even like, if all three of us are in different places or doing whatever we're doing before a show, grabbing a food, merch table, bathroom, whatever, sometimes all three saying hi to somebody eating a sandwich on the toilet. Yeah. Like when you can all just get together in the green room and just like have a quick powwow and just, you know, take a hit of something, whatever, and just kind of like get on the same page and, and take you back to that element of like, Oh yeah, we're, we are just friends hanging out playing music. It's the same shit we've been doing our whole adult lives. You know what I mean? I think something about taking it back to that element that's a good point about the, it's sort of a ritualistic aspect. Um, one thing I really liked about Goose when we were playing with them is every uh, show, every single one right before, uh, Coach, their hype man slash, I guess, tour manager technically. Coach. Um, Coach wears many hats, just like us. Shout out to Coach, that motherfucker. I enjoyed getting to know him better. Coach um, is the man, without a doubt. And uh, he, yeah, they, he does this like ridiculous, like pump up, like, cheer chant type thing and you know we try to do something like that before shows but there's things going on we're trying to make sure whatever and uh, we don't really smoke weed too much before shows i think gator still does um greg stopped years ago and he's definitely a prolific weed smoker yeah i remember asking greg if he smokes before shows he's like oh god no <laughs> you know, like six, five to six hours before because i mean he's the front right. man. he needs to be engaged and he he understands yeah. what, what people at a show are experiencing because he's experienced it and now right. he's more interested in working with that energy rather than being part of that energy or, you know, yeah. being a conductor rather than being a, you know, uh, an instrument, I guess. That makes a lot of sense. I've never thought about it that way, but yeah, he... it, it opened my eyes. And I think it, uh, I didn't really conceive of the not smoking weed before shows like, yeah, sure. But then you get, especially longer sets, you get a little burnt out and same thing with drinking too. I used to 45 minute sets like, sure. I'll have, have a beer and like, drink going into it but the, when i started playing longer sets i realized that in order to really get into that vibe sometimes it's better to just it's kind of like meditation like you can be high going into a meditation but it's not going to be as pure and authentic as it's gonna be great like i did it last night and i ended i was like fucking like really high and you know feeling good but like, i wonder if i had not been high what what i would have gained differently out of this experience um i think it's been, I've been really grateful to be with the people I am uh, in this experience, in this band, because I don't think I would have had the wherewithal or thought to try to do it, you know, that way. But, you know, there, I've, again, I think it's sort of, you're just connecting with a ritualistic aspect. And uh, as long as you're doing things consciously and being aware of it, you know, that's sort of the, the goal. Yeah, exactly. I, I talk about it with students a lot, actually. Students ask, like, if we drink or smoke or whatever before shows and you know i said it it it, it depends and you know i kind of said the same thing we do some you know like we used to always smoke before um we um would practice and stuff and so sometimes that gets us together but there's some shows where it's like I, i'm good today or i want to go and focus or something i actually told this uh, to one of my students last week they were at, talking about it and i brought up when the special open for pigeons at the ogden um in november and like before the set, we um, we were like getting everyone together, and we have a, we do like a quack chant um, from Mighty Ducks and that our buddy Pat Boyle show. We've been doing it for years now, but um, <clears throat> so we 
we were doing that. We we're getting ready to go on, and we hear like our walk-on music, which is the Mars Attacks theme. So when we hear that. We know we have two minutes to get. To, and Chris CB has to like wrangle us together. Um, but like you know, John Rory's hitting a bowl. Everyone's taking a hit, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of good, man. This is it's a little bit of an intimidating show. It's like sold out Ogden Theater, <laughs> you know. Like, and I was like, all right, you know, fuck it, yeah. I took a rip, and it was the last rip, and it's like that ashy, shitty rip, you know, or like like, <laughs> like green smoke coming out of my nose, I'm like. <laughs> And then it's like, I was like, all right, I need, I need water. And the music's almost done. Chris like, you got to go, man. And so, like, I remember just walking out on stage, dark theater, and it was packed. Like, you know, you guys, we sold that shit out. And it was packed, like, when we walked out, which isn't oh, yeah, always the case. Ridiculous opening. crowd. It was a ridiculous crowd. And we got out there, and it was dark. And I was, like, just coffee still, like, resin smoke filling my head just like jesus and of course we're opening like we usually open a little noise and kind of like get a get our bearings set a loop or something like that but we were opening with a song onlookers where i sometimes do a bass intro and i do this like chordal intro with these tents and of course like that's the song we're opening with that night so it's like everyone's cheering i'm like just kind of like lightheading out of it and then have to like start playing just me and i just remember hitting that like e minor 10th and just being like this is super intimidating. Why did I hit that ball? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you learn, though, I guess. Yeah. What's that? That's how you. That's how you really learn. Like, yeah, we're a unique uh, uh, business, I guess, where we can. I mean, what other job? I'm sure there there are certain ones, but you show up at work every day, and it's like here's alcohol that you have that is required to be given to you as part of your job, and so it's a very interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's a hard. Um, experience to try to like navigate that in a in a disciplined manner because a lot of i don't know about musicians in general and I, I just know a lot of bassists um sometimes have less of an ability to be disciplined about that aspect um so that's it's interesting to kind of have that temptation there and it's always there even if you're yeah. fully sober people in the audience are going to be drinking and going to be doing it so it's you know, you, you can't really escape it. So you sort of have to navigate and you, you learn over time, just like, you know, you're saying, Luke, if you get out there that one time, you're like, well, this, that wasn't, that wasn't good. <laughs> and uh, you, know, you still can do it, but like, you're just not going to take that ass hit next time for sure. Yep. And it, it's funny you mentioned about bass players. I didn't know that, that stigma because right before you're going to say that, I was thinking I, I actually have to kind of keep myself in check. I, I get really nervous before I play, a sh you know, a big show, mm -hmm. as a lot of people do. And I was using alcohol to kind of hinder that. It's a pretty slippery slope, you know, because uh, it doesn't feel good to be sloppy in front of people. You know, that it's kind of disheartening in a in a way to make you not do that again. That that's uh, that's why I stopped taking acid before shows because I. Yep. I was doing it and it, everything was great. I felt like Jimi Hendrix, you know, but then that one night it, it was just pouring sweat and all I wanted to do is curl up into a ball and I had to perform and it just felt like torture. I was like, what the? Yeah, I remember, Tucker, I, we talked about this, at, I think it was summer camp last year. You and I were talking about it and you were saying like about that experience and your your hand had cramped up, right? And you were saying yeah. you had to kind of use your thumb as a pick or something? I it just had to use my gimpy claw like just claw it, like and just pouring sweat like oh this so scared like oh shout out like Tucker that. the claw McClung <laughs> that's so intense dude that's like a worse like nightmare for me I could like 
it now it you've really, got a little hand to help you out yeah just going at just wow. you know i i was watching um i was just like youtube surfing last night and i happened upon this set from colonel claypool's bucket of bernie brains have you guys checked out that band before oh yeah oh have you yeah seen before, Tuck? i haven't seen them I, i've heard their music that stuff's that like, really cool uh, his frog read or something different it, it's different it was from like 2003 it started from a super jam at bonnaroo and became an actual band they did tours and put out an album it's claypool uh bernie worrell from p-funk uh brain on drums and buckethead on guitar wow um it's wild yeah i i got to see them at roseland barroom in new york in 03 and i got to meet all of them afterwards and everyone was super cool like buckethead literally had the mask on had a green adidas tracksuit with the hood up and like didn't say anything but he signed my ticket stub um i was like a 15 year old kid and i was just like i was like yeah it's kind of crazy man you wear the mask and the bucket and you don't really say anything and like, <laughs> <laughs> all right that's i think that's the only common ground i have a buckethead up I mean, I should have brought up Disney World or something. I know he loves Disney World. But uh, <laughs> but I was I ended up watching, like, a, a full set last night, just having it on the background, um, of when they first started touring. It was, like, they hadn't put out their album, and it was largely improv. And pretty weird improv, like, when you get all those guys together. Um, and, like, very theatrical, like, Les and Buckethead are both wearing hats. But, like, Buckethead does these, like, nunchuck things and, like, does the robot and has puppets. And, like, at one point, like, Les Claypool takes one of Buckethead's, like, hands. He has, like, an animatronic puppet hand. And he's just, like, slapping his bass with it. Like, it was really trippy, man. I don't know. It just you, – your guys' little hands are, are giving me flashbacks of Buckethead's animatronic hand. <laughs> yeah, let's just do that. But, I mean, you have that as a choice now, Tuck, if, you're, if you ever get a clog. And, yeah, let's see what it sounds like. Let's see here. There we go. Trying to make it. Let's hear it. Yeah, that's a good view. Yeah. Can you play Summer Dress on that thing? I was going to say, is this your new solo album? I think we're getting a sneak peek. This is great. Yeah, ba Tucker's Back to Basic solo album. I didn't like that take. Can we do that one again? Yeah, we can. We'll do an hour and a half of talking. We'll get back to that moment, okay? This is a All heavily right. edited podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I never I'm gonna wish it tall. Yeah, play with the flower though. Yeah, try you play that bass line and I'll sing. What uh, Seven Nation Army? Yeah. There we go. I'm going to Wichita. Seven Nation Army isn't behind my back. Fight them all, breaking my mall when the time is that. And I'm not talking about a seven a day, and I can hold my hand. Oh, shit. Hey. Back and forth through my mind, bumming a cigarette. That was pretty That's good. Awesome. If you want us to sit in, if you're going to do Seven Nation Army on the album, Tuck, we, we'll sit in. Yeah, was that an original? I like that one. <clears throat> yeah, it's something I've been working on for a while. I, I thought it kind of sounds like a song already, but you should call it. I think you should call it "Smoke on the Water." Ooh, or what about "Sunshine of Your Love"? No, nah, that one's taken. By who? Mm. Oh, the Dead. I forget. I always forget that it's a Dead <laughs> yeah. song. Yep, yep. That's their. Uh, what's your favorite? China what's your favorite Grateful Dead song? Say what? 
What's your favorite Grateful Dead song? Drums into space. That's a good answer. Yeah, we kind of help help on the way early on into Slipknot, and I really enjoy um, their tight. I mean, it's like a it's like a tight but very loose jammed out album version. Um, that's sort of like, yeah, obviously their live stuff is is what it's all about, I suppose. But to hear them kind of concentrating that energy into a studio form is uh, it was very inspiring towards what I try to do with Pigeons. What we try to do is take that energy of a live show because um, they, they were the, some of the precursors of fuck recorded music. We're doing it about the live experience, recording our supporting that whole thing not we tour to support an album we put out an album as part of our live touring experience and that that really resonated with me so um the way that song is done on that album is is pretty cool but, uh, i don't know what's your favorite song tucker it has to be trucking call me a a newbie or whatever but i that's a- i mean look at that hat how <laughs> trucking dude like yeah <laughs> You guys, Tucker, do you guys do any Grateful Dead stuff? I, I don't really, it's not really my background, personally. Uh, I, Johnny's really into it in the bluegrass side, but we've never covered any. I, I don't even know how to play any Dead songs. I have, like, students that are into it, and I'm like, I can't really, like, they show me stuff. And Phil Lesh is incredible. I just, so it's not really, um, yeah, you know, I, it's not mine either. Never, wasn't really a, a deadhead. It's still, I, I have a t shirt. I, li- I like the t shirt. I think the t shirt's cool and the logo is cooler really cool. than your Montana t shirt, though. I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, I can't find it, but it's in the laundry <laughs> thanks, somewhere. Thanks for extensively looking for it, though. It, <laughs> well, and to get back to basics, too, oh. Tuck, I wanted to ask is pivot, man. It's all pivot points on this podcast. Um, I, like obviously you have a pretty cool unique slap style that people are vibe to i want to first bring up that you were voted on reddit's like jam band basis of the year um first off congrats and how do you feel talking to me and ben who didn't win that category you know it's a huge honor i'm gonna i'm gonna put it on my resume and you know and like <laughs> just sh- you know show the youngsters like when i'm when i'm old and whether it's about like, sexual- on your solo album would be Tucker McClung voted best jam band bassist on Reddit. Puts yeah. yeah. Album. 2019. I could be your merch guy, I think. I, I would love that. Yeah. Tucker, yeah. what if you even just call the album? You don't have to call it back to basics. Just shout us out on like every track or something. But <laughs> if, if you even just called it like, or just make that like Tucker McClung, Reddit's voted number one bassist in the jam scene. Maybe that's the album name. Future number one solo album in the jam scene on Reddit. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great idea, actually. That's a great idea. I like that better than Back to Basics, but I still have to shout shout out to Back to Basics. This just you know intermittent kind of like Back to Basics. That's what it, whatever's going on. Back to Basics. Yeah, or, or even just more of like a YouTube thing where you're like vibing and it's just like, hey, do you feel sick? You know what I mean? Like a nice <laughs> little like pharmaceutical ad just. Slot, slides in there to take you out of the moment you can do anything you want yeah as long as you do well, what we tell you yeah well yeah I, that i was really stoked to see that it made my heart flutter and i don't know i don't know there's a little um imposter syndrome kind of going on because like i but you know because i i like to be really flashy and just play really hard and really fast and um uh, gets people's attention i guess <laughs> it does man well that's why i was gonna um ask like 
who are some of your bigger influences bass playing wise? Because you obviously have created kind of your a pretty unique sound and style. And then also somebody or people that are a big inspiration to you, non-musicians. Well, musicians, it was for, for the bass, was the first one was definitely Marcus Miller. Cool. Just his, ba his Fender jazz bass tone just made me want to get one and get that sound out of it. So definitely Marcus Miller for bass, but non-musical influences, uh, hmm, that's a hard one. Anybody like from Montana in, in particular? Or, or Wyoming, any, anywhere really. Yeah, or is it just like the state? Do you just have something like uh, Pacific Northwest as a region just kind of speaks to you? No, I, not <laughs> not particular. I just got this at a, a it's called, it's a really, really funny roadside stop called like the 50,000 silver dollar, oh, I think. Wow. And they have everything, and it's all twenty dollars, like swords, axes, whoa, uh, everything you want. Um, this T-shirt, uh, that T-shirt, twenty dollars too. Yeah, just jewelry. Everything's twenty dollars. Between like a sword and a Montana shirt for you, and you were like, "Well, they're both twenty bucks." <laughs> <laughs> like the sword would be for the van, but I could wear this shirt on stage tonight. You know? Yeah, I guess it was the most practical choice and I, I probably only had twenty dollars because if I had more money I would have just gone nuts you know who doesn't want an axe and a sword and it's like a coonskin cap you know oh man, oh, man. you could have added that to the hat repertoire today too next time yeah. next time but yeah shout out fifty thousand dollar <laughs> in for Montana Wait, where is that yeah where, what state so I think it's in Montana wow this guy man Montana. <laughs> Big Sky Montana, baby. Hey, yeah. one other thing I, I wanted to get to before we wrap up. I know you guys are busy bass boys. Um, I posted in the Cycles fan group, the Getting Cyclical. Um, and I just let everyone know that I have the opportunity of a lifetime that Ben and I are going to be interviewing Tuck on the podcast. And so I just asked if anybody had any questions or anything. So I have a couple here I'll go through. And um, we'll see what, what your response is here, Tuck. So this is for the, the Cycles fans and the Getting Cyclical facebook page shout out shout out yeah. um okay so patrick harvey your guitarist and friend said ask him about tutti frutti slut wipes <laughs> oh geez so patty hadn't seen this guy joe ryan shout out to joe ryan wild dude just a ball and a half to be around but he's kind of a a philanthropist of sorts and likes to kind of fund um you know different business ventures i think he actually helped the guy who started um uh, dude wipes you know have you heard, of, have you heard of dude, dude wipes? wipes i would take them as a sponsor i've, I've used them I so regular anyway just fine they're just he, branded differently his next venture is the tutti frutti slut wipes it it's for uh it's it's like kind of hard, hard to talk about i don't know why it's a i feel a little uncomfortable but yeah basically tutti frutti slut wipes are for like wiping off strippers before you put your face in them like. oh or like seems like good advice for kids today or if you you, you want to be intimate with someone that you're not quite um familiar with you know just like a stranger you might want to 
bust out the slut wipes. Yeah, I think that would probably go well if you're uh, you're kind of getting a little hot and heavy with a girl. You might met her at a show, like at the merch table, you start talking, and like, hey, come back to my green room, and then like, hang on one sec, you just pull out your uh, tutti frutti slut wipes. Like, can I uh, can I wipe you down real quick? Yeah. Says, I yeah. mean, hey, look, this is you got the idea. You explained it better than a lot more <laughs> appropriately than I. I would. Well, that this, was embarrassing. Important stuff, guys. This is the kind of these are the kind of guidelines that the CDC wants us to be following and talking about. You know what I mean? I mean, this coming out on the other side of this. This is um maybe we can we'll see some tutti frutti slut wipes in green rooms. That was great. Next question. Um, yeah. Next question. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Patty. Your basis on the spot there, bro. I, maybe you didn't think I would ask it, but I did. Oh um, man. Okay. Now we got a uh, Colin O'Brien here. Said, ask him about the the cheese farm. You know about oh. the cheese farm? <laughs> this, okay, uh, this, this is another business venture idea, I guess. <clears throat> but basically, it's a human cheese farm. And uh, huh? it's uh, have a, a bunch of ladies working for me that I connect, you know, to pumps. It's all humane, like the really clean working conditions, great pay, great benefits. And um, we use breast milk to make cheese. Wow. You can call it the breast cheese around. It's, it's, yep, <laughs> it is human cheese. The okay. breast cheese around. Human cheese farm. We're, we're learning a lot about Utah, but I think we're learning more about the Cycles fans here. Um, <laughs> let's get to our buddy, Kayton Sollenberger, um, our friend from the Jaunty, guitarist from the Jaunty. Awesome. Ooh, guitar. shout out to the Jaunty. Yep, call, you guys, Colorado brethren. I was homies with those guys. Uh, we all went to Berkeley together, so we were friends in Boston years ago. Um, so he, okay, he asked, awesome. was there a specific person that influenced him to do the drop D thing or did you just like it? What is this drop D thing, Tuck? Well, I started playing guitar and I was just way into Black Sabbath and Tool, just like sludgy, easy stoner riffs, I guess. And I played drop D on guitar for about five years. Then when I switched to bass, I just didn't want to not do it. So you, you always play a lot? Just... Yeah, always in drop D. Just Are you a... always in drop D? Always. <laughs> no, you're not. Yes, I am. Always? Always. There's not one cycle song that's in standard tuning? Uh, I mean, they're all in standard tuning, but I just play it in drop D. Yeah. You're just in, so, so Patty isn't, uh, he'll sometimes be in standard tuning and you'll be in drop D. Patty's always in standard tuning and I'm always in drop D. Wow. Interesting. This is, makes this my home base and not this. Like, you know, basically. Like, 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 like fifth fret, A string, ring finger kind of position? Right. So if I'm in, if I'm in A, this is my A. Okay, I got you. Right. Yeah. This is my A, whereas like on standard tuning, this would be my A. Yeah. But yeah. I just go like this. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I played a few things at drop D before I got the five string, and it was a – it's a different animal because you're octave instead of being a square. It's like a, it's a line. And uh, yeah, it, and it, it yeah. kind of screws with people when I, I haven't jammed with and they'll be kind of watching me like, what the hell? Cause why is he, everything he's playing is sevenths. Yeah. <laughs> or like, that seems like a whole step off from what I want to do. You're like, why? But yeah, it's just, that's just okay, what well, I do. I, it it kind of makes sense. Cause even like when we at Cervantes, Rory and I sat in with cycles and we did the shake hands with beef and we did the double bass drop D to.
Yeah, <laughs> fire. It's interesting. We have like a lot of songs in drop D, a lot of songs in D minor, also just like the tool camp and shit. But John and I go back and like, if there's a song that we do in D minor, I'm, I tune down to drop D, but sometimes he's in standard, but sometimes he'll tune in down to drop D for songs that are in standard that I don't. So like when we're writing set lists or we're trying to keep it easy tuning wise, it never is. Cause we're like always on the same page. Do, do, do pigeons have any songs in drop D Ben? Do you guys ever do, does Jeremy have a guitar sitting there that's in D? Yeah, the guitarists never switch um, to drop D or anything. I did for a bit. Um, i trying to remember specifically what songs. Uh, there's just certain times where I wanted to get a little bit extra lower, and so I would just start tuning down. Um, they, uh, similar to what you're talking about, um, Jeremy and Greg as well, pretty much everyone likes to keep the show flowing, which I've found the more we like focus on that, the, the more I also ascribe to that. Like a, a good flowing show is very helpful. I used to think, you know, I just take take a minute and, you know, whatever, collect yourself. But if you keep the experience moving, uh, it's kind of cool. Um, I've also wanted to switch bases for certain songs. There's a slap song where I can just have my four string and just go fucking wild. And then more compositional five string piece. Um, mm. I haven't yet because I want to make sure we do it in a seamless fashion and we understand, you know, the song that I would probably switch to um, the four string for, the liquid, has an extended guitar intro. So I'd have time to do that and, you know, mm. practicing when our tour manager, uh, Kevin, shout out, Kevin. Kevin um, is the man. Kevin yeah. is the man. Yes, the trash man, as we call him, TM. Uh, he, um, we practice like sliding it on and off and everything. Um, but I was going to ask you, Luke, if you have heard of the hip shocks where it just flick it down and flick it back up. And yeah, have you thought about using those? Yeah, totally. There was a couple of bassists at Berkeley I had classes with that had them. They're really cool. Um, I would totally be into getting one at some point um it's kind of like this podcast where we had the idea for two years and now we're doing it yeah i think it'll be one of those things i'll just keep referencing and then i'll get around to it whenever i do you but guys I, actually had this idea two years ago uh, maybe longer i think uh, actually cc um my fiance uh i started I, I knew her for a while but i connected with her at woodhenge shout out to woodhenge woodhenge uh it was a festival at a property called woodhenge it's a like a sustainability thing where you live on the property and uh, work 40 hours a week helping out. Cece did the garden and she also did a badass job helping to organize it uh, with Brandon Keller and uh, Gina. Um, they were both living there and she met them at Dome Fest and I played with uh, my, the side project of my side project. So Schwa and then the DJ set. Um, we had our epic late night jam. I think Luke and I did a, a 30 seconds every three months, which I haven't released any yet, but I have an ongoing podcast that is, the only stipulation it has to be 30 seconds long oh right no, no less yeah and we did do that i release it once every three months and i have a backlog of probably five of them so that's like over a year's worth of podcasts right now but yeah we'll get to that too but i think she we talked about having this idea then she mentions like yeah i think you guys mentioned it at woodhenge and that was i mean when i first connected with her i'm now engaged so it's been that long yeah yeah it's been a few years yeah i mean it's part of the other kind of you know a bit of the silver lining and people doing this you know connecting and doing projects that are more virtual that you haven't done before i mean we've wanted to and and when we were on tour this fall we kept talking about doing it but i mean we both had busy schedules you guys are on that massive west coast tour and so there's also barriers to entry and like we don't want to do it half-assed but then once everyone's using zoom and streaming it's like we have a few weeks or a couple months to like work on a slightly lower quality product as we get it better i think we've already gotten to a point if we had done this from the beginning i think we were just afraid to try it out because we did want it to be good enough and now you know we sort of fallen into it i mean people like 
you know, Reddit's number one jam bass player not going to have time to talk with us if they're busy. So this is the kind of time where we need to really be maximizing on the Brownsteins and the Tucker McClungs of, uh, of the world, getting them involved. We're maximizing. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to a couple, just have a couple more questions here. Back to um, basics, as it were. I want to get back to basics, get back to these getting cyclical questions. This is from Clint. Um, he says, magnets, how do they work? <laughs> oh, man. I can feel that one, sucker. I was going to say, I, like, I don't know if that's specific to you, but Ben might be the, might be the guy, that our, our resident base scientist on this podcast. Yeah, ben, you want to take this one? I will quote, um, I can't remember who it is exactly at uh, this moment. I should remember. I feel embarrassed. I can't think of his name. Um, but he said that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Alexander Bell said that. No, but good try. Uh, Tesla? It's someone like Tesla, but not like, like not Bertrand Russell or not. Um, it could have been Buckminster Fuller. It's someone like that. Somebody that has a name that sounds like a British estate. I actually did do a science project in 10th grade, I believe, on superconductors. And those are fucking crazy because you, um, regular superconductors, as far as I knew, like regular magnets that you cool down to like four Kelvin or up to eight or nine Kelvin, which is four Celsius degrees above absolute zero. But they found out that higher temperature superconductors, if you cooled them down, they eventually got to over 72 Kelvin, which is where liquid nitrogen cools things down to. But ceramics that are not normally uh, magnetic at all become superconductors, certain ones, when you lower them to a certain temperature. So to answer your question, how do magnets work? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was a deep question. Maybe he was going for more of a, Clint was going for more of a philosophical kind of thing there. But I think that you just taught us um, something new in the process, Ben. Yeah. I, All I can I think, say is, is I'm, I'm attracted to, to this whole line of questioning. I think Clint was referring to that ICP song. Those are lyrics from, from an ICP song. It's like, fucking magnets. How do they work? Do you guys, do, do cycles have a lot of crossover into the um, Juggalo ICP world? You know, we don't. I've just, I personally, I've been wanting to get into it. Uh, haven't yet i don't really understand it trying to but once i get it i think it's kind of like fish you have to go I, to a show whenever i think of icp i really think yeah they're kind of like fish i would go one step further and say icp are exactly like fish i would agree with you this is actually a good time to drop uh pigeons halloween 2028 we're doing icpppp Oh, yes. I think that'll be the next show back after the quarantine. It's uh, Halloween uh, 2028. So, oh my god, yeah, dude, I'm really perfecting you guys in clown face for that. Yep, we're gonna be having magnets and um, how they work, <laughs> dude. That's amazing. All right, we're learning so much about magnets and fish. Shout Just got two more here for you, Chuck. Um, Addison asked what your favorite flavor of crayons is. It's easy. Easy. Red. <laughs> okay. Uh, ben, what about you? You said it was easy. Um, boy, putting me on the spot here. They're all so good. You said it was it's easy. Like, well, it's like picking a favorite child. Like you know, yeah. you hate them all, but like you want to eat them. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, for me, cyan. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It's not my questions. Um, we've got one more for you, Tuck. <laughs> All right, bring it on. This is from Tony Walden, and this is a base question. Tony Waldron? 
Yes, I believe I so. I had a uh, chill session with him earlier today. He's one of my base students. Oh, cool. Shout out, shout out Tony Waldron. That's awesome. Hey, that is cool. Well, maybe, um, so maybe you can shed some light on this too, Ben. He asked how many hours per week is adequate for practicing when you're touring versus not touring? Good question. Well, when I'm touring, I don't practice. Right. Uh, just because I'm tired and just trying to, you know, drink beer in the green room or whatever, but I'll warm up. Right. I, you know. Do you but, find yourself practicing more now during the quarantine than you did when you guys were touring? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was kind of waves for me. It was just like sort of stoked about the novelty of all of it. And then I got really down on myself, just kind of disenfranchised feeling. And now I'm back to just feeling like I could actually use it to develop some skills, work on my chops, you know. Awesome. Like yeah. I've so, seen you post some videos of those triplet rakes you do. Um, those are really awesome. And so you're offering online lessons as well, right? Is there a way that people can get in touch with you, just shoot you a DM or anything if they're interested in a bass lesson with you? Yeah, just hit me up on Facebook. We'll do it that way. But what's your, I, what's your email in case people aren't on, on the Facebooks? My email is T M C C L U N G 8 7 six six at gmail.com okay one more time <laughs> that's so awesome and I, yeah and obviously for anybody else like ben is also doing lessons um i'm doing them independently and now i've started with live lesson masters my page is up now as of this week so um, for anybody out there, we did a whole podcast talking a lot about it with Brownie, but LiveLessonMasters.com is awesome, not just bassists and not even just musicians. They offer yoga classes on their cooking classes, um, really cool website. And the roster is really interesting and diverse. So anybody who hasn't checked that out yet, there's something literally for everybody to be productive and work on. It's an awesome site. Right on. I'll check it out. Yeah. It's dope. So yeah, I mean, okay, uh, we got back to basics. Is there anything else, anything, um, Tucker, that you want to put out into the um, base podcast sphere before we let you go? Yeah, I guess just want to say, keep basing. You know, uh, we got a job to do even now. So everyone, just keep up the good work, and that's it. I, that's fire. Can we put that, Ben, can we put that as the, the quote on the website? We got a job to do. Yes. Uh, that's my job to do. Yes. Shout out to getting, having a job to do. Yeah. <laughs> job to do. Awesome. Well, awesome. Dude, Tucker, thanks for hanging with us, man. It's always good to hang and see you and see your hats. And the Montana shirt was unexpected and incredible. Um, yeah, really, yeah. That, that took the cake, man. That's, that's yeah. the first Montana shirt on this podcast and hopefully not the last. I really, I really hope not. Oh, me too, man. Yeah, and uh, you should share that um, that base raking video or anything else, either on Back to Basics page or send it to me. I'd love to check it out and uh, yeah, just nerd out and stuff. I I also have the imposter syndrome of feeling like, how did I get to this position? And I should do more with it. And connecting with you, even right now, and Luke talking with you has helped me feel more connected to my job to do. Yeah, same with you guys. It's it's awesome like to see y'all it makes me feel really good about myself just being on y'all's podcast so Thanks, thank you guys great man yeah L love hanging with you boys i'm excited I, I have a lesson in a little bit and 
it's nice to just be able to sit and talk about music and talk about life and then actually play a little bit too, man. So, and I hope that everybody watching and doing the podcast and you guys have been awesome. The feedback it has been really cool. And I hope that everybody is getting a little bit of like FaceTime and positivity, whether it's music or whatever. Um, shout out to everybody out there in the pod sphere. Everyone. Yeah. Thanks for being with us, Tucker. And yeah, we'll, as we keep going with this, we'll definitely have to bring you back on for follow-ups and, you know, checking in and, Yes. So. And more, more hats next time, Tuck. It doesn't have to be five or six. Bring 11 hats. We can change them every two minutes if we want. You can use a, a, a slightly soft tortilla as a hat, for example. Yeah. So get creative. That is true. Yeah. Placid Tortillas is uh, the name of our side project, I believe. All right, guys. I'm going to see you out with a little, little prop action. Yeah. You know? That that's honestly so much more effective than even like the zoom backgrounds, man. That just feels so authentic to me. That's a zoom foreground. If I've ever seen one, that is a zoom foreground. Yeah, you're right. Look, this guy has been doing, this is the first time he's used zoom. He's already more of an expert with, okay, that's enough. <laughs> All right. I'm going to put you in the waiting room, Tucker. It's been great. Luke stay on and we will uh, talk behind his back uh, after this. After these We're going to judge the interview. We love you, Tuck. Thanks buddy. And love you guys. Love you too, man. See ya. See ya, bud. Cool. All right. Tuck, you knew Tuck was going to bring a good hat, but like, I mean, he, he brought the best out of our hat games. I, I, I haven't worn this, this twiddle suede five panel maybe since I got it. Um, five panels are shout out to five panels. Shout out five, shout out, shout out Kron and the Jamflow team. Um, this hat is, is uh, it's not all, like typical of my style. It's just not a black backwards hat. But uh, I go to Walgreens in this John sometimes. Um, and you, 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 probably, you probably say hello to dogs wearing that hat. I, this is a great. It's a it's a it's a dog tipping hat. I, I would fantastic dog. You just give them a little a little tip of the of the suede brim. It is a uh, it's just a little bit. It feels a little bit more real for them. I well, think. give them a little tip of the penis, and you get a little slut, slut wipe, and you're good to go. There you go. Now, that was now, a that, lot. Take it back to basics. Yeah, that was a a good move to to go to the group and ask about questions. I uh I thought. Huh, Luke, that was smart of you. Well, thank you. Um, I I wasn't. I just kind of was posting in there to see if there was, you know what I mean, what the response was going to be. And left, we haven't announced that Tucker was going to be on it. I thought the fans would be into it, but they hit us with some questions, and um, I figured I'd ask them all. Cheese farms, magnets, slut wipes. I mean, they really ran the gambit. So yeah, it went, it went all over the place, and uh, you know, you had a job to do, and you and you did it. You did it uh, splendiferously, I believe is the term I would use. Thank you, my friend. Well, yeah, it's been another great week of uh, Back to Basics, man. Um, you and Chris have been crushing it on the website. Anybody can check it out at backtobasics.com. We have a new Instagram page, too, at back to back to basics. Yes, that's um, the one. Good. I'm glad we got that one. I locked it in. Hey, it's up. We got it. If anyone has ideas for what type of merch they would like, like we could sell modulus bass guitars with our logo on it or whatever um any, anything really that that makes sense uh we're open to ideas but we want to start getting that out there and um it's not that we want to keep our podcast sponsor free so you could get straight to this stuff it's that we don't have any way to get sponsors right now so uh in order to uh to fund this this venture we're going to look at at merch merchandise and yeah. to afford that that magical man chris and and help bring him onto the team um we're gonna we're gonna work on some cool things absolutely man yeah shout out cb and um just anybody out there if you are exist in that world of the crossover between fish and icp 
huge Venn diagram. It's pretty much, it's, it's almost one circle. Right. It's, it's kind of just a big circle. So we know you're out there and maybe your voice hasn't been heard until today. Please reach out to us. Yep. Um, Luke, Luke at backtobasics.com, um, Ben at backtobasics.com are our emails. And we want to hear from the juggalos and the fans alike. And maybe we'll even get you a spot on the pod. Yep. Uh, it, well, we can have a, a juggalo end sesh. Yeah, juggalo and sesh, man. And yeah, and we'll start to mash up these, uh, mash up some more of these concepts. And maybe we'll, Tucker will be bringing you an ICP Fish album called Back to Basics soon. You heard it here and it's official and it's confirmed. Uh, fire. I can't play, I can't really get the same tone out of this thing. Uh, you know what? Uh, give, it a, give it a few more rips and uh, a dandy doodle. Oh, it worked. All right, now get out there and play some uh, some some dyads. All right, let's get to some dyads. All right. All right, later, buddy. Yep, I'll talk to you whenever. I'll talk to you whenever as well. All right, please. Please, bud. Bye, guys.